Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, and your Nittany Lions are 4-0 and after a 33-14 win over the Central Michigan Chippewas, up to number 11 in the AP poll. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Calicchio. Pat, we are one-third of the way through the season, undefeated. Number 11, after being unranked to start the year, how you feeling? I mean, overall, you got to feel good about this. If you told me Penn State was going to start off 4-0, I, you know, it doesn't get better than that, certainly. Um, and a lot of people were not predicting that. Um, you know, I, I do think there are some gaps in what this team can do that definitely showed itself during the Central Michigan game. But you know, I, I think overall from this fan base, you, you got to imagine the expectations for this season have shifted. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone, you know, had us kind of on upset alert week one uh, going into Purdue. And that was a hard fought, hard fought battle. Um, you know, the entire Internet said we wouldn't be able to handle SEC country and the voodoo that comes with Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, we stopped those motherfuckers. Um, and yeah, you, you have to be thinking Big Ten title here. You have to be thinking we can compete with Ohio State. We can compete with Michigan. Um, will that happen when we get there? We'll see. But uh, you got to be thinking about it as a fan base. So this episode is actually going to be a twofer. Uh, we are going to recap the Central Michigan game. Obviously, it's Wednesday. We're a little late on this. Uh, we are also going to preview the Northwest. Western game, uh, the Big Ten home opener. So a lot to get into. Uh, let's start with Central Michigan. As always, we are going to give out our Lion Award, which is the MVP. And then we'll give out a couple of couple of individual awards each. So, Pat, let's start with the Lion. Who is your Lion of this game? I mean, you got to go with Katron Allen. Um, you know, true freshman, wins Big Ten Freshman of the Week, goes over 100 yards. Third week in a row, Penn State had a 100-yard-plus rusher after not – not having one for like almost 20 games in a row. Um, and he was just like, he provided that spark when the offense, you know, was looking a little down for a little while. He, he had that consistency and that, that movement, moving the chains, making the plays that, you know, this game could look a lot different if K. Allen's not in there, man. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to fat man. Uh, as he so, so nicely calls himself. Uh, I said, we should call him media man now since he lost 20 pounds apparently. Um, but it, it's so refreshing to have these two kids doing what they're doing. Uh, and I think the best thing about it is we're really, really seeing the, the thunder and lightning combo that I think we, we expected to have with Noah Kane and journey Brown, you know, had they been both able to stay healthy um, Singleton, obviously we see his, his unreal speed to the outside and being able to just be faster than everyone. Um, Katron Allen, man, he pounds it, pounds it up the middle and then hits the gear. Um, I think that's one thing I always wanted with Kevon Lee. Like we would see him be able to kind of run between the tackles, but not get to that extra gear. Katron Allen turns it on, man. He, he can, he can get down the field. Uh, his cutback vision is, is beautiful. Um, it's, it's, it reminds me of like what I try to do in Madden. Like I'll have a, I'll have an off tackle to the right side and I'll, I'll be like, Oh, there's a huge hole on the left. Let me turn around and go back. And obviously I can't execute that, but Katron does. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly like how we're going to see the rotation going ahead. Cause it seemed like he kind of dominated this game and he was the hot hand. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how they split between him and Singleton. Yeah. I mean, he's just got, like you said, great vision. For a true freshman, the patience that he runs with is really next level stuff. Like it's yeah, it's fun to watch. Um, and I yeah, I think it's gonna look like, you know, if Nick Singleton isn't hitting those home runs, 
I don't think he's at this stage in his career is not going to be a guy who's averaging five, six yards a carry. if He's not breaking off big runs. So if he, you know, if he's not able to get those going during the first half, I think you're going to be seeing Catron Allen really running the show during some games. Yeah. And Nick had a couple that he almost broke this game. Uh, there sure. was one like in the red zone, he got just caught up by his ankle. Uh, there was one where he tried to get to the outside and just couldn't get it. So like those things are going to happen. You know, not every game is he going to have multiple 50 yarders, um, but having both of their skill sets really opens up a lot for Mike Yersich and, and this offense. So agreed. Lion, Katron Allen. Uh, I kind of assumed you were going to go with him. So I picked someone else. Uh, my line of the week is Kalen King. Uh, true sophomore cornerback, uh, had a really nice game, had four passes defended, had the forced fumble and recovery at the end of the game. Um, not that the game was really in jeopardy, but that was just a nice kind of, you know, wrap it up, no chance, cut out any momentum they have. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. is getting a ton of national love right now. Uh, PFF posts him like every other day, it seems. Um, and rightfully so. He's having a fantastic year in his own right. Uh, but damn, Kalen King is playing really, really well opposite of him um, to have two really good corners uh, is really, really helpful for this defense, for a Manny Diaz defense that wants to be aggressive. Having guys that can shut down and, and break up passes is really important. Uh, the stat came out. Everyone saw it. We are leading the country with 41 team pass breakups um, and it's leading by a wide margin. The next team has 25. So we are 16 ahead of the next team. Uh, and Kalen King is a big part of that. It's an Aaron Judge type margin. It is. It is. Uh, we are we are sitting here 10 minutes away from the Yankee game. Hopefully he hits number 61 while we're recording this. Are we, um, we going to take a pause and watch his opening at bat? I mean, maybe. We I'm down for that. <laughs> we might have to. Um but yeah, it's it's really impressive what this what this defense has been able to do as a whole. There's there's opportunity areas, of course, um, and we knew some of those coming into the season. But we we said the secondary was going to be a strength, and uh, Kalen King has been a really big part of that. So shout out Kalen King. Big ups to Kalen King, man. All right. Uh, next up, individual awards. Uh, I have two. I assume you have a couple. Let's start them off. What's I your first award as well? I'm going with the uh, Braddy Preschooler Award. Braddy Preschooler. Yeah, so you can um, guess this one. a bratty preschooler. He takes his ball and he goes home. Um, he doesn't play nice with others. What is this? So you, you've seen the kid in preschool. He walks around and he just walks over to kid stuff and goes, that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> and that is okay. Zaki Wheatley, my man. Yep. Zaki yep. Wheatley is just walking up to everyone's ball and saying, that is mine now. This Love kid, it. he was the turnover king in camp. He's going to be the turnover king this season. Man, I am looking forward to his career at Penn State. Yeah, that was actually my first award, too. And I, I just I called it the takeaway king. I think Braddy Preschooler is better. <laughs> uh, so this is a, this is a double award for Zaki Wheatley. Award. Double award. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got those awards in camp for a reason. Uh, he has a knack for the ball. Forced fumble in the first game. Uh, which was really, really imperative. Looking back at, you know, a, a three, a four point victory or whatever it was uh, having that fump, force fumble when Purdue was driving in the red zone, huge. Uh, and then interceptions in two of the next three games. Uh, and on both of them, it, it has been, you know, a very poorly thrown ball. Uh, we get some pressure on the quarterback. I think it was Jair Brown the first game. I don't remember who it was this game, but somebody gets pressure on the quarterback. They throw up a duck and Zaki Wheatley is there. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from him. It's just, it's one of those things that like, when you're having a good season, when you're an undefeated team, those things need to happen. You need to make 
you need to make the most out of every opportunity. And if the quarterback's throwing up a duck, center fielder needs to be there to take the ball away. And that's exactly what he's doing. Um, on the other thing I'll say too, the, the return of the interception this game was really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he brought it down. I mean, they, they reviewed it because it looked like he might've stepped out of bound, but he kept his feet in bounds, took it all the way down to the 15, got us in the red zone, setting up a very quick touchdown. So um, he's an athlete and I'm excited to watch him, uh, watch him play the rest of the year. All right. What's your second award? Second award is the Somali pirate award. Somali pirate. Um, Somali pirate award. Kind of similar, similar thought process here of stealing and taking away. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the, the captain right now. I am the captain now. You are on the right track. Who's the captain? So the, the famous immortalized words, I am the captain now. There, there was a player in this game by the name of Johnny Dixon. Mm. Who was just looking at wide receivers going, I am the wide receiver now. Look at me. <laughs> I am the wide receiver now. He nice. was just running their routes for them. He did it on the play where he had the interception. And he did it on a couple other routes where, I mean, he, he was not playing defensive back. He was playing wide receiver. He ran their routes. He goes, I, I, th- this ball is mine. You got no business being over here. And I loved it. I, I think, you know, I, we've talked about it before on the podcast. He kind of came in last season and a lot of people expected him to just be like, cause he was a transfer expected him to be like a starter right away. And he just, he didn't have that role, but man, he's, and then no one talked about him really that much during camp during this off season. He's looked great out there, man. He has looked tremendous, a very much an unsung hero of like a very heralded secondary. Uh, he, I'm, I'm loving watching him play football. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that interception was was gorgeous. You know, that's one of the better catches you'll see from a mm-hmm. defensive back. Um, and I agree, he's playing generally all around good football. There were a couple of moments, I think, uh, early in the season there. There was one or two bad plays. I was like, oh, First God. Game, he, he was looking First a little game. shaky. Um, but he is, he is far, far made up for that. Um, and one thing I was actually looking at when I was doing some research for the Northwestern preview that we'll get into later in the game, he actually is second on the team in sacks. Uh oh. Deny Dennis Sutton leads the team in sacks at three, believe it or not. Uh, and Johnny Dixon has two. So he's doing it. He's doing it all around. Shout out Johnny Dixon. Um, and also just shout out to Franklin and the coaching staff. Once again, using the transfer portal to our advantage. Yep, that's absolutely. That's the, the world that we live in right now. You have to get playmakers from the transfer portal. You know, we saw it with Arnold Abicady. We saw it with jo- Jordan Stout. Johnny Dixon is making a name for himself. Chop Robinson playing pretty damn good. Transfer portal is very important, and and this coaching staff has done well so far. All right. Uh, my second award is the Money Maker Award. Money Maker Award. Hmm. Let me think. One, one, one generally shakes their money maker. Not quite where I'm Not going, quite. but yes. Okay. But yes, okay. fair, fair. Uh, hmm. This one, this man is making himself some money right now. This is a man that after last year, maybe not an NFL prospect, he's coming into his own. It's Brenton Strange. I like he is that. making himself some NFL money right now. Do I think he's a first rounder? No. Do I think he's a second rounder? Probably not. But is he a mid-round guy that a team is going to pay some money, some real money to come on and be their tight end too, and maybe allow him to blossom himself into something in the NFL? You're damn right. Um, this game, five catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, on the season, 14 catches, 211 yards, three touchdowns. You do the math, that puts him on pace for over 600 yards, nine touchdowns. 
as a tight end, if you're approaching double digit touchdowns in a season, that's pretty damn good. Um, you look at him, he's not as crazy athletic as Gasicki was. He's athletic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking him, but you know, he doesn't have those crazy hops that we saw with Gasicki. Uh, he's not as physically powerful as Fryer move, but I think he's a really nice combination of the both. Um, and he's, he's turning into a really reliable target. Like that was one of the things last year that he had some, like, he had some drops on those key third downs that we were like, damn, we just can't trust him. Uh, I feel so confident every time he, the ball is sent his way. Uh, and you can see it with Clifford. Uh, they love running that play where Clifford's rolling out to the right and Brenton Strange just releases into the flat. It, it happens constantly. Um, and it's working. So I think he is making himself some money. It was really nice to see Theo Johnson back. Uh, I think he'll play a solid role. He had a really nice catch on, on one of those touchdown drives. Uh, but Strange has earned himself tight end one status at this point. And I think uh, if he stays on pace, he's going to make himself some nice money in the NFL. Love that. Been loving Brenton Strange this year. I think he's I, – I was writing him off a little bit after last season, well, the beginning of last season at, at least, and he's looked, yeah, tremendous this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a couple of other just random notes. Any other major topics you want to talk about in this game? What do you got before I, I just ramble? Um, I mean, listen, it was, I, I think, a win that nobody was super thrilled with because it felt like it should have – you know, we went up 14 nothing in like five minutes. A blink of an eye. And you, you thought it was just, you thought we were just going to trounce this team because they're, you know, they're not that great. They were one and two coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not a, you know, they're a well-coached team. They've, they've got some playmakers and they were having in some senses of a very lucky day, but I mean, you go up 14, nothing that quick. And then all of a sudden it's a tie game. <laughs> You know, this, it, it was a little frustrating, but it was a weird week in college football. A lot of good teams lost. A lot of good teams played bad. We ended up with a comfortable win. You can't be too upset with it. Yeah, I'll say as a guy who had uh, over $300 on Penn State minus 28, that 14-0 start seemed really good. And uh, I, thought, I, I thought we were going to just run away with it. But it's a win. Um, you know, the first three weeks, you know, intense battle in in West Lafayette, you know, home opener against Ohio, a blowout, uh, tough game down in Auburn, not tough game down in Auburn, but, a, you know, a, a game that probably, you know, put a lot of emotion, uh, you know, after after a big win. Maybe we should have seen this one coming where it wasn't as perfect as we'd expect, but it's still, you know, it's a comfortable win. You know, the, the missed extra point, missed two point conversion. This is a 35 14 win. It's a three score game. Not quite 28, but it is what it is. So um, just a couple of the things that I have written down. Uh, Parker Washington led the wide receivers with six catches for 64 yards. Uh, nice to see that. Uh, still looking for his first TD, but he actually leads the team in yards, which I didn't realize. Um, I would well, have expected. New. Yes, of course. But uh, <laughs> even even so, I would, even with a good game, I would have expected him to be, you know, a little bit lower down the totem pole. Um he is at 212, uh, Brenton at 211, Tinsley at 209, uh, and he's second in receptions. Tinsley has 17, he has 16. So um, I think it's something that we've kind of said, like, oh, why is Parker Washington so quiet? And then you look at the numbers, not quite as quiet as I thought he was. Yeah, um, he's been a little bit better than expected. I think he got some, uh, a couple of mop-up, like, reception and yards at Auburn. Yep. A little bit late, he got a big catch and run. But yeah, I mean, I've definitely been waiting for him to like explode this season and it has not happened. You know, Agreed. I've, I've been waiting for a huge game out of him. 
that has not really come. And I think some of that goes with game script, um, you know, like flow of the game. You're up by a, a million at Auburn. You're beating Ohio by a lot. And you, you don't need to ha- have him out there. You're, especially with this team, like you kind of know who your top two receivers are and you're looking for that third. So they're looking to get the ball into other guys' hands, get them on the field, see what they can do before we have to, you know, be playing the Michigans, the Ohio State, the Minnesotas, where you need that solidified third guy in the field the whole game. Yeah, and and we're just running the ball more. Like we last year, we had to throw a million times a game. Like I said, he's leading leading the team with 212 yards. It's you know just over 50 yards a game per average. Like I, I came into the season saying Tinsley and Parker are both going to be thousand yard guys, and maybe they still will be, but you know, to have a couple of guys all around the 200 yard mark, we're just not throwing as much. So I think, I think this game, we saw Yersage try to get him a little more involved, uh, you know, some nice crossing routes, getting him open in space. And I think you're going to continue to see that. So um, not worried about Parker Washington, but it was nice to see uh, him, him have a nice game at six for 64. A um, couple other things, Curtis Jack, Curtis Jackson, nice. Curtis Jacobs, <laughs> 50 cent up in here. Curtis Jacobs had a fumble recovery on the muff punt. That was real nice. Uh, denied as a Sutton with two sacks at the end of the game. Um, those were the only sacks of the game. We didn't have any other sacks, which I, I can't really believe. Um, but DDS now leads the team with three sacks, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Chop almost had one. Uh, it was fourth and goal. They were going for it. Um, caused a bad throw, and it was a turnover on down, so really nice play. But um, shout out DDS, getting a couple sacks there. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. stays hot. Three passes defended. He had that one in the end zone that was just really beautiful. Made sure the guy couldn't catch touchdown. I think they scored on that drive anyway, but really nice play. Um, getting Drew some reps again. Love to see it. Um, I kind of wish we would have gotten him more. Um, obviously, you know if we if we don't let up the, those couple of scores and make it a 14-14 game right going into halftime, um, maybe he gets a little bit more playing time. But um, he looked good. Had a laser over the middle to Liam Clifford. Had, you know, the, the end zone ball to Mitchell Tinsley. That was just gorgeous. So getting him reps. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have the argument here of starters. I'm over that. Uh, but getting him valuable reps, I, I love to see. Um, so really happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I thought Drew, you know, he looked good. He did I, you know, there, I think this was the first time he didn't look incredible. Yeah. I, I think you could really say, uh, you know, two for two for five. Uh, for 20 yards again I would have liked to see him get some more passes but you know the flow of the yeah, game kind of didn't work out that way five throws is, is hard to judge yeah I, I'm not gonna fault the guy for that um, and it, it was another game where we didn't get a lot of sacks because they were they were just throwing the ball very quickly uh, it was yeah. a lot like Purdue where they were just getting the ball out quick they weren't gonna let Manny Diaz you know dial up all the pressure that he wanted to um, other than that I mean I think we you know we got to talk about our obligatory weekly Talk about Sean Clifford. And I, the I, 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 was, program. I was ready to lay down the sword, but if you want to get into it, I have some notes, my guy. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't mean in terms of whether he should be the starter, but you know, it, that's, I mean, he started off this game eight for eight and I was getting ready to tweet out at all the haters. Like, can we put the Sean Clifford hate to bed? And uh, thank God I didn't press send. He would have made me look real foolish. <laughs> Yeah, um, there, there's an army of Sean Clifford defenders on on Twitter. If you've been in any of the spaces lately, and I, I'm one um, of them. 
I yeah. am one of them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I was saying you're not alone. There's a ton of people who are are in Sean's corner. Um, if you've been, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of Twitter spaces lately. Shout out to fifth quarter, uh, fifth quarter Penn State. Tyler has been running them. Basic Blues Pod, Morgan, uh, they've been running them. And it's been a lot of fun. A bunch of the Penn State accounts get together, just talk about everything. And there is a majority of people who are, are, a thousand percent on Clifford's side and saying anyone saying Stark Drew is an idiot, doesn't know football. And then that's where I make sure I don't speak up. <laughs> um, I'm in this game. in that camp now, though, I will say. Yeah, in this He's- in this game. And I, I have a couple of notes. And again, I'm, this is not me hating on Clifford, but this is just pointing it out. Uh, there was a deep shot he took to Parker Washington in the second quarter that was just comical. Completely clean pocket. It was a play action, which uh, we'll talk about this maybe in the preview, uh, but I love the under center. We talked about this in one of the spaces because it allows us to do like true play action. Um, he's under center, true play action of the running back, has all the time, throws up a ball and just completely misses Parker Washington by like eight yards. By a lot. Um, he had another one right before the half. The pocket is not collapsing, but it's, it's, you know, enveloping around him. He steps up into the pocket. Very nice. Kind of off balance. And completely airmails it over Parker Washington's head. Uh, would have put us in the red zone. Easy field goal, maybe more. Uh, the next throw, same thing. Steps up on the run, sails it over Mitchell Tinsley. Um, these are the things that, like, when you look at it, again, that ball that Drew Aller threw to the end zone to Mitchell Tinsley was gorgeous. That is something that Cliff just does not have in his arsenal. That's not in his bag of tricks. And, like, Again, I'm not here now making the case like Aller should be starting, but I think like people need to realize Drew is the better quarterback. Like he's he's definitely more talented. Well, he's I don't the think more anyone, talented quarterback. Yeah, but but how do you get to become a better quarterback? Game experience. So it's one of those things that like I, I said, I'm happy that we're getting him valuable game reps, and I hope he gets a ton in Northwestern too because this is things we didn't do in years past. You know, we didn't we didn't develop Tommy Stevens, we didn't develop Will Levis, and look at Levis now, like. I'm not here saying like we should have picked Levis over Clifford, like hindsight's 2020. You can't, you know, you can't fully argue that, but like, you kind of can. So it, I, it just, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's an article that came out today or maybe yesterday, uh, shout out our friend, Tony Black, uh, sent it to me talking about Will Levis. Um, I mean, you've seen it. He's getting, he's getting top 10, grades he's getting you know yeah, I think <laughs> number little, one pick uh, grades i think that's I, a little I, bit much i think it's probably a little bit much too but he is in the conversation like unanimously as like a top three quarterback with bryce young and cj Stroud. like he's the next guy that people are talking about um and there's this article that, that i think it's from espn um and it was an interview they had Ricky Ronnie. So it says uh, they're interviewing Ricky Ronnie and Ronnie says, everyone always asks what happened and why Penn state didn't start will over Sean. When we first picked Sean, will wasn't ready yet to start. And then it became hard to replace a guy who had won 11 games. People kind of forget that fair. I'm not arguing that. Um, Ronnie's only question about Levis who Kentucky coaches and teammates readily admit that plays with a linebackers mentality was whether he could harness his intelligence, competitiveness, and will to succeed. So he could play with the steadiness needed for an elite quarterback. Uh, Ronnie said that was sometimes his greatest detriment. He wanted to be successful so bad that he put so much pressure on himself that it made it made him play a little tight. Sometimes at Kentucky, he's become comfortable in his skin. So it's, it's one of those things like that, that quote about, it was hard to replace a guy who had won 11 games. Agreed. But that's the same situation we're in now. It's hard to replace a guy who's winning. Sure. Does that mean that he's the best person for the job? Not necessarily. 
And I don't expect to change. Like, I don't expect to change at this point. But the only way a change is going to happen is if we lose the game really badly and maybe, like, you know, they're just like, all right, on to the next. But, like, I don't expect the change to happen. But, like, this article of it and talk about, like, oh, Levis just wasn't ready. Well, like, what changed to Kentucky? It's not like they gave him a year. Like, he started right away when he got there. So what changed? They gave him the opportunity. That's it. When we used him, he was a battering ram. And he ran for seven yards. And it was fun to watch. And we joked about it. We didn't give the kid a chance to be a quarterback. We're giving Drew that, which is great. We're giving him reps and we're giving him opportunity. But the only way to become the better quarterback and the one who should start is opportunity. Yeah, I, you know, I think it actually a really interesting uh, conversation we could probably save for the bye week is adjustments that Franklin has made this season. Because I, I, I think there's a lot of things he's doing differently than the past. 100%. Agreed. I'll give, I'll give him his credit there. And I think getting Drew the snaps is one of those. Like, yeah. in, in the past, we didn't prepare a backup quarterback. That's why the yeah, Roberson disaster happened, you know? Like, do you, um, you want to take a, uh, a quick judge break right now? Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Aaron Judge is batting. <laughs> and he walked. Yep. <laughs> Fucking A. Fucking right. A. And we're back. <laughs> And we are back from the Aaron Judge break. Um, yeah, I think credit to Franklin. Like he's 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 doing the things. He's preparing the depth that we haven't done in the past. You're seeing so many young players play, and a testament to that is the talent that's there. Like we have some really elite elite young talent, um, but seeing him getting them ready is is really refreshing. Yeah, and so the other thing I'll say about Sean, you know, he started off great then got really bad. And then he came back and he was good. He was who Sean Clifford, you know, I would say he regressed to the mean of Sean Clifford. Sure. Solid, good. We'll make most of the plays you need him to. We'll miss some. But I think the other thing you got to talk about is when, when it was going poorly. And it was, it was, the thing is it was the worst time because when, yeah. when their offense started clicking, Sean started not being able to throw the ball. So it, it, it looked even worse than it was because they're scoring and all of a sudden we're going three and out. But he also, in, in that crucial time period where he's struggling, really did not get helped out by his wide receivers, like did not get picked up. He threw a couple balls in there, including a ball on fourth down that were very catchable and were just straight up dropped. I think there were three drops in that, that stretch of like the uh, late first through the second quarter. Yeah, I agree. And we saw that in uh, in week one, there was a bunch of drops and people were saying like, oh, it wasn't all his fault. It wasn't all his fault. And I get that. But like, that's part of college football too. Like people always say college kickers, college kickers, they miss. Dude, college wide receivers drop balls sometimes. So in order to balance that out, you need to hit the easy ones. You need to make the throws that you need to make. And he doesn't always do that. And I think that's my frustration is like, we make so many excuses. Well, he misses a lot of easy throws too. So Again, I'm happy with his performance so far. We are 4-0. I am not here saying start Drew, start Drew. If I were the head coach, I probably would have started Drew after the first game. I'm not the head coach. I don't make that decision. So I, I, I'm happy with it. Uh, the, the guys on part of my take actually talked about him today. Uh, Big Cat and PFT were talking about it, and Big Cat said, so many Penn State fans are so hyped up. It's going to be a big-time game against Michigan or Ohio State, and he's going to throw a back-breaking interception, and you're all going to say, why did I get my hopes up? And I was like, fuck, I, I hate that he's a little bit right because like, I'm just yeah. waiting, waiting for that shoe to drop. But, like, it, it is what it is at this point. I, I understand he's the starter. I am rooting for him to succeed far and away better than he ever has. 
Um, but there are some frustrating things for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he looks better this year than he has the past two, but he does not look like a different quarterback. And that's, He's, that was my thing like from a the beginning. Version of him. And that was my thing from the beginning, you know, his ceiling, you know, what you're going to get. Like the only way to figure out what you're going to get with Drew is let him play. So I am happy that he's gotten action in every game and he should get a good amount of action in Northwestern. We're going to talk about them here in two minutes. Northwestern is not a good team. We should be able to get plenty of reps for Drew Allen. Um, only other thing I had from this game, and I kind of want to talk about uh, the kicker situation. What's your takes on my boy, Jake Pinnegar? Misses from 38. He is three for five on the season. Now he he's missed from 38 and his other was in the 40 yard range. I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, 18 of 20 on extra points. He had the one blocked one uh, this game. I think he missed one earlier in the season. Um, the only time we're seeing Sanders and Haydack right now is on 52 plus. And he had an attempt in this game, missed it, had the leg, but he just missed right. Do we see a change at any point this year? Um, you know, it's tough to say because if, if they're putting Pinnaker out there, it means that in practice, he's more accurate than Sanders. You would but, think. But if he's not as accurate, like if, if his accuracy is way, way down in the games, you, you got to give the other kid a shot. Cause like, it's not, I mean, you said he's what, two for five on field goals right now. Uh, th- three for five, three for three five, it's not very good. No. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's not horrendous, and it's a small sample size, but I, and he's mi- missing some makeable ones too. That's what I'm saying. 38, 38. You should make. You should make a 38 yard field goal. Yeah, that it, this isn't you know, 40 years ago where that that's a long field goal. That's right. a even in college, that is a very makeable field goal. Yeah. And yeah. for the, and the guy who is the accuracy inside 45. Well, you got to be accurate inside 45. Like, I don't know what to well, tell well, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're giving him 52 and in. Right now it's 52 and out is Sander. If you are the guy from 52 and in, you have to be able to hit a 38-yarder. Yeah, you uh, got gotta to drill basically everything inside 40. In a low-leverage situation, too. And that, this that, is, includes, we're not, that includes point-afters. Yeah. I, I, is, I, can't, I can't be missing point-afters. This is not on the road at Michigan, at Ohio State, in a one-score game that you're, you're kicking for the lead with a hostile environment. You're at home against Central Michigan. You got to hit a 38 yarder. You just have to. Yeah, so, I mean, let, let me ask you. Let, let's say we are in that, that, that situation. We're at Michigan's, you know, 35 yard line. So that's a, what, a 47 yard field goal? Yeah. We're, let, let's say we're even at the 30. That, I don't um, know the math. I'm, I'm blanking on the math. No, let's I, say, I, let's I, say it's I, a 40 yard field goal. At the 30, it's a 47 yard field goal. Okay. Um, and it's fourth and one. And we are down by one point. I don't know if I'd rather have us kicking that ball. No, I'm if, going if, for if, it. if it's I'm our last for possession. It. I'm going for it on fourth and one. Yeah. Because I, I don't have the faith in the kicking. Yeah, game. I um, agree. And, th- and that's the hard I, that's thing. That's tough to say because, like, it, you know, a field goal is still a higher percentage than driving 30 more yards. But 100%. And, and you hope that you have that in your arsenal. But like, I just don't think we do right now. I don't. And yeah. they, they, they talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like Pinnaker made a, a semi long one. And Franklin was like, yeah, it's all about confidence with him. And, you know, he's really confident right now. And like, y- you have those misses, the chatter happens. And, and this is the problem too. If you start bringing in Sander for some other ones, well, what happens to Jake's confidence? Like, does he become even more nervous? Like, I- I'm sorry, but you just can't have that. 
So it's like, it, it, it's almost like to me in this game, in this Northwestern game, before we get into some of the meat of our schedule, if we have a 40 yarder, I would love to see them give it to Sander. Like, I don't think he will. I, Cause I think he wants to continue building the confidence in Pinnaker, but I would love to see Sander get a shot at something. What, he had a 57 yarder, like, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the likelihood yeah. of that? And he, and he just missed, it wasn't that far off. So like, if you want to build some confidence in the kid and make the switch, you have to do it sooner than later. Because again, in that situation, we're in Michigan, if the game's on the line, are you going to bring in the freshman? Like, I don't know. Cause do you trust him either without the experience? So it's, it's a tough conversation. I don't expect, I don't really expect the change to happen, but I would be very open to seeing one. Yeah. And to me, the tough part about Pinnegar is that, is that he's not a freshman. And like, yeah, well, you, know, exactly. you, you saw this early in some people's career, like, you know, Ficken had some issues his freshman year and he got ragged on. And then by the end of his career, Penn State, he was like one of the best kickers we ever had. He, yeah. was, he was, he went from being like an absolute pariah to being beloved. Yep. But I mean, Jake's doing this as what, a junior? Uh, he might be a senior because you remember he lost his job last year to Stout. Yeah. Stout yeah. was the kicker. So like. So like to, to me, like he is what he is. I, I don't yeah. see this really progressing and getting much better. Yeah, he's a senior, and I think I, I think uh, I tweeted are, are it out. Are we talking he's about a... Sean Clifford right now? <laughs> <laughs> similar, similar, similar situation. Um, like you're not going to get anything else. I would love to see the switch. I don't think it happens. And like, listen, I Jake Pinnegar's made some nice field goals for us. I, I'm sure he's a nice kid. I have nothing against him. I just don't think he's that dude. Um, all right, let's wrap up there. Uh, let's move into, this is a double episode. Like I said, hopefully you're still with us, still listening. Uh, we are on to Northwestern, home opener for Big Ten play. Uh, let's get into that. So Northwestern is one and three on the season. Their only win coming over a terrible Nebraska team in week one. A god-awful Nebraska team. Uh, which was a hilarious game in its own right. But then Northwestern, after that win, goes on to lose to Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. These are bad losses. Now, their average margin of loss is only six points, so sure, they're close games, but it is Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. Um, as a Big Ten team, you should not be losing all three of your out-of-conference games. Like, it, it's just bad. Uh, the spread is Penn State minus 26 over under is currently set at 52 and the money line is Penn state minus 4,000, which means 40 to one. So if you wanted to win $1, you'd have to put 40. Uh, what's your take on this game? We'll get into some specifics. We'll do our, our different topics here, but uh, what, what's your intro take on the Northwestern wildcats? Yeah. I mean, we should beat them up pretty good. They're a bad team. Uh, yeah. You know, Pat Fitzgerald's a great coach and always going to respect them. They're, they're going to come and be well coached, but, they're not good. They just aren't. Like after that Nebraska loss, I thought, okay, this is a dangerous team. I, you know, they, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not great. And like they, they have a couple of talented players. Like it's just, it's just not happening. They're not scoring. I, they're averaging like 23 points a game. Yeah. 23 points a game. Before really bad. You, before you get into conference play, that's very bad. And, and then are, you look at their are, defense and you go, all right, they're, they're only letting up like 26 a game. Yep. But that's just Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio. Right. You know? Like, right. Exactly. I'm that's sorry. what I was saying. 
23 and in out of conference play, maybe you're figuring some things out. Maybe you're working the kinks out, but you can't be, you can't be losing those games. So um, I think this should be a big win for, for Penn state. Spoiler alert. I'm obviously taking Penn state minus 26. Um, This will be a game where, again, we should be able to get a lot of young players in, in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, get some real game time action, some big 10 action. Um, But let's take a look at Northwestern. a uh, couple of uh, just highlights on on their players, and then we'll get into our what to watch for. Don't be surprised ifs and key to victories. Um, so Northwestern's quarterback Ryan Halinski, he's a junior uh, this season. He's thrown for damn near twelve hundred yards. It's pretty good through four games. Uh, sixty-two, excuse me, sixty-two uh, percent completion, uh, but only five touchdowns to three interceptions, and he's been sacked five times. So. Yeah, there's a lot of yards there, but uh, the production isn't anything I'm super terrified about. Uh, running backs, they have two running backs. Uh, Evan Hull, the junior, is their lead back. Currently uh, 370 yards at a 4.4 yards per carry with three touchdowns. Uh, he was a 1,000-yard rusher last year with seven touchdowns, so he has some talent. Uh, and then they have Cam Porter, who is uh, his, his number two, currently has 180 yards. 189 yards at 3.9 yards per carry and two touchdowns. So uh, some talent there. Um, Evan Hall, Evan also H- their leading receiver. I was just going to say that. You got me. <laughs> Evan Hall, leading receiver, 29 catches for 311 yards. Their next receiver is their senior wide receiver, Malik Washington, who has 27 catches, 306 yards. Uh, each only have one touchdown. Like I said, Helensky's only thrown for five. There's not a ton of passing touchdowns. Um, the big thing to look at on this offense is left tackle Peter Skoronsky. Uh, He was a first-team All-Big Ten player last year. He is getting first-round buzz in the NFL, um, which is crazy. I mean, they just had, what was it, Rayshon Slater, uh, first-round left tackle two years ago, uh, and they've got another one. Um this kid's really good. Uh, and that's probably the, one of the biggest things like when, when you're, when you're highlighting your left tackle as one of your offensive best players, not ideal, uh, but did want to give him a shout out. Yeah. I just, you, you look at this team and like, like I said, they're, they're not good. I just, yeah. it, I said, this, this, this should be a winning effort for Penn state. Yeah. So uh, on defense, they have two guys with two sacks each, nothing crazy there. Uh, junior linebacker Xander Mueller has two interceptions leading the team. Uh, and then the one note, um, they did lose safety Brandon Joseph. Uh, he was their best player far and away last year. He transferred to Notre Dame. Um, granted, he's not doing a whole lot for Notre Dame right now. Notre Dame's not doing a whole lot for themselves. Yeah. Um, but that was a big loss for them, uh, someone they had to replace. So uh, we're not going to beat this to death. They're a bad team. We should win. But let's go through it. What to watch for? Pat, what are you looking out for? What kind of matchup are you looking at? Um, what to watch for to me is Evan Hall. Like you said, he's their leading rusher and leading receiver. Uh, you know, I think he's a solid runner of the ball. He's not, you know, he's averaging four and a half yards a carry roughly not incredible, but you combine that with the fact that not only is he the re- leading receiver on their team, he'd be the leading receiver on our team with that amount. Yeah. Of yards. Bye you know, bye a lot. He's, he is putting up, you know, some good, good numbers. Um, and you know, it's going to be the job of, you know, our middle linebackers, most likely maybe a little bit of job Jonathan Sutherland to be covering him in the, in the past game to be limiting him in the run game. Um, so, you know, I, I think if, if Penn state can limit his offensive production, Northwestern has no chance at even being close in this game. Uh, but if, if he puts up big numbers, you know, 
if he, he gets into like the 120 ish all purpose yards, I don't know. I don't say, I don't think it'll be close, but it'll be a little bit messier than Penn state fans would like. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and my what's watch for is kind of similar when we talk about that, that uh, passing game from, uh, from the running back there, Evan Hall. Mine is just Penn State pass defense in general. Um, we talked about earlier, we lead the nation with 41 pass breakups. That's fantastic. Uh, we've only given up four pass touchdowns. Um, that's great. I'm not complaining at all. We are giving up 275 yards per game, which is ranked 112th out of 131 teams. So we're giving up a lot of yards. Uh, and Northwestern is averaging 304 pass yards a game. So yeah, they're not good, but they are throwing them. Um, they're so weird, saying, man. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. And, <laughs> I, and I, this is this is not a what to watch for because I, I'm concerned about our pass defense. Like I said, I'm not. You know, the breakups are there. We're, we're preventing touchdowns. But, you know, being 112th out of 131, giving up 275 yards, it, it's the bend don't break that we've had for many, many years, right? It's the aggressiveness that we're seeing from Manny Diaz that, yeah, you're going to give up some chunks when you're blitzing a little bit heavier. Um, so I'm not concerned about it, but I am watching it in this game. I want to I want to see against a team that is averaging over 300 yards a game. How do we step up? How do we combat that? Uh, and, and, you know, what do we look like against this team? Yeah, I just I, I have such a hard time, uh, like, because you know, I don't get to watch a lot of Northwestern football. But you, you, you look at the stats of this team and they don't look, you know, on their face. They don't look terrible. Like the quarterback's throwing for a good amount of yards. He's got a decent completion percentage. Uh, their running back is obviously good. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, he's not a world beater, but he's good. Like they, they put up a lot of yards, but they just don't score. Yeah, and not at all. They're averaging 23 points a game against really bad competition. Yeah, and their, their red zone efficiency, uh, 81%, which isn't great. Um, it's 13 for 16, though. You know, 10 touchdowns, uh, three field goals. So, like, it's there. They're just, they're just not – they're just not getting enough chances or they're not giving themselves enough chances rather. Like we don't have that many red zone attempts. We only have 17 to their 16, but that's because we're breaking off 50 yarders. You know, like we're not always in the red zone. I think they're not a good enough offense that they're having those huge plays that they're only getting to the red zone, you know, four times a game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Like you said, I I was trying to make it, I was trying to make a case for myself. And then as I'm saying that, I'm like, well, they actually are getting in the red zone a decent amount. They're converting a decent yeah, amount. Yeah, it, the it, it's an odd – I think they they're, they remind me a little bit of us last season where there's just no explosive plays. Longest run of the year, 27 yards. Longest reception of the year, 41 yards. Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah. not great. And I'll, I'll give you another one here. Uh, and I, I won't go into too much detail in case this is your uh, one of your next topics, but turnover margin is awful for them. Yes. Um, do you have that in any of your, your topics? Otherwise, I'll dig it right now. Uh, I was I was gonna say that my, my right. what don't be surprised if all right don't be surprised if Pat take it away I mean, don't be surprised if Penn State you know really dominates Northwestern with turnovers they're prone to them we're prone to them on the defensive side um, this could be a really low scoring affair for Northwestern because they just cannot keep the ball out of Penn State's hands yeah so Penn State is currently a plus eight turnover margin that is good for fourth in the country uh, Northwestern is minus five. They have seven fumbles lost on the season, which that, is insane. That's nuts. Inse- that, they that's- have three, three interceptions, fine. Quarterback is not great, but five touchdowns, three interceptions, whatever. Seven fumbles lost in four games. This team makes no sense. 
<laughs> it is Northwestern. You are breaking my brain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't be surprised if turnover battle happens. Mine is actually kind of similar. Don't be surprised if chop Robinson has a huge game. Uh, I believe this was one of my, don't be surprised if a couple weeks ago, um, he's been getting the push. Um, he just hasn't always gotten home. Uh, I think it was last week. He was the highest graded pass rusher by PFF. Um, and I don't always agree with PFFs like rating systems and grading systems, but when they're grading pass rusher, that's what they're grading on their pass rush win percentage, their QB hurries. How often are they disrupting the plays? Even if it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, he only has one sack, but he's impacting the game. And I think this is a game where Adisa Isaac will be up against their star left tackle that I talked about. Chop Robinson on the other side uh, could have some real impact. Um, and a double, a double, don't be surprised if, don't be surprised if denied Dennis Sutton get some more playing time. Like I said, he leads the team with three sacks. Uh, he had those two uh, kind of in, in mop-up duty against Central Michigan. Um, but it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me to see Chop or DDS have a, have a real good game. Um, we look at our sacks on the season. Uh, Denied Dennis Sutton leads with three. Johnny Dixon has two. And there's like seven guys who all have one. Uh, Abdul Carter, Jordan Vanderberg, Adisa Isaac, Jair Brown, Jonathan Sutherland, Job Robinson, and Curtis Jacobs. So I think this is a game, you know, we've talked about how we want to see more push from the defensive line. This is a game where you get after that quarterback. All right, key to victory. How do we win this game or how do we cover or how do we blow them out? What's your key to dominance? Uh, red zone efficiency. We score in the red zone, they don't. I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to. I think we should be able to move the ball pretty well against them. I think they're probably going to get some yards against Penn State, but if you can limit the amount of times they're actually putting the ball in the end zone, and I'll, I'll get to that in my uh, my score prediction, they they have no chance. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my key to victory is pound the rock. Um, you know, we we've talked about how refreshing it is to have a run game again. Uh, Northwestern is allowing 161 yards per game on the ground. Uh, that's a shit ton. We are gaining 186 yards per game on the ground. That's a shit ton. Uh, we're at 5.4 yards per carry. We have 11 rushing touchdowns. Uh, last year we had six total touchdowns from running backs all year. Noah Kane had four. Kevon Lee had two. Our two freshmen have seven, just four games in. I would like to see us continue to work on the pass game, continue to get the receivers involved. But early and often, pound it with the young guys, dominate early, and we should be up, you know, 21 nothing, 28 nothing midway through the second quarter. I would like that. And that brings us to our final score prediction. Like I said, Penn State is a 26-point favorite. The over-under is at 52. Pat, what do you got? I'm going to come in with a bit of a bold prediction here. Uh -oh. I'm saying Penn State, 35. Northwestern, three okay no touchdowns allowed no touchdowns i think they're turnover happy uh you know maybe the the fumbles are a bit of an anomaly and there's no way they're going to turn over that much but i just i just don't think this is a very good football team they're, you put up 14 against like miami of ohio you're not putting up 10 against penn state yeah Agreed. Uh, our red zone defense has been pretty good, too. We're allowing opponents to uh, convert at a 71% clip. Uh, that's 10 for 14. Six touchdowns, four field goals. So pretty even. Um, and against a, uh, a subpar team like this, I think if they're in the red zone, I think we're holding them. Yeah. 
Uh, mine is a little bit different. Uh, I have Penn State scoring 45, so a little bit more. Um, I think this is just one of those games, especially after, you know, Central Michigan. And, and again, I'm not disappointed with Central Michigan, but that's a game where we could have scored a lot more. I think this is one where you see Mike Gersuch kind of keep the foot on the gas. This is Big Ten play. We're getting into the heart of our schedule. Yeah, we're going to get some reps for the young kids, but I, I think you see us continuing to try to run up the score a bit. So I got 45 to 14. Do I think they're going to score touchdowns now that you just talked me into it? No, uh, but I had 14. Yes. I had 14 for some reason. So, you know what? Fuck it. 45 to three. I'm yes. with you. I'm with you. For 45 the under. to three. No <laughs> touchdowns. The under happens only because they don't score. Um, right, and that happens. Baby. That happens in these games, man. These games where the, the under over 52 easily should hit. Nope. We hold them to three points and the under caches. I'm okay with that. Yes. Uh, that is your Northwestern preview. We have a new segment starting this week. Pat has come up with us. We are going to start implementing one other bet that we like this week. So every week we give you our, our bets that we would put in on the Penn State game. We are going to pick one other bet that we like, and we're going to keep track of it throughout the season. So Pat, this is your segment. You go first. Okay. I hope we don't have the same one because that would be not a great I'm, start I'm, to week one. Here's but. the thing. I'm coming at the audience with a parlay every week. They, they call me Patty ah. Parlays. Okay, Patty you know, Parlay, I, I like it. I, I play I play big. So I'm going the combination of the under 42.5 in the Michigan-Iowa game. Under okay. in an Iowa game is an absolute lock all season. Count. Lock, lock, I will lock bet it, it every single week. <laughs> and then I'm going the over 52 in the Purdue-Minnesota game. Um, I think Purdue is a decent offense. I think they're a pretty bad defense. And Minnesota can score some points. So I like over – I love over 52 in that game. And then I'm going with Air Force giving 14 points to Navy. Navy looks abysmal this year. They are really, really bad. And Air Force looks pretty good. Um, I think they could beat up Navy by at least three scores. And, uh, Chris, I, I think part of the fun here is we, we, we should keep track of the monetary value of these bets. I, I literally have my DraftKings account open. I'm putting yours in right now. Do you have the payout already? Hundred dollars for six hundred and eighty-two. Damn, not good value. bad. Not bad at all. That that's pretty damn good. Um, By the way, uh, he he's up again. All right, Aaron Judge is up. Pause. Okay, okay. So so three pick parlay plus five eighty-two odds. Hundred dollars wins you six eighty-two. Patty parlays every week. Patty parlays, week parlay. baby. I've like only it. been to Vegas one time, and I want I want a seventy to one parlay. You know what? I'm I'm in New York where betting is legal. I'm not going to throw a hundred, but I'll throw a couple bucks on your parlay for you every week. Um, we'll we'll win some money. We do have the the Penn State uh, PSU poll bet. We did lose that this past week, which unfortunate. Uh, if you guys follow along on Twitter, I started week one with fifty dollars. Let you guys pick what the best bet of the week is and roll the money over each week. We got up to $316 uh, with three wins in a row, but we lost on the minus 28. So we're back down. We'll start again this week. That being said, uh, my bet of the week, I didn't know we were doing parlay. So I have a single. Um, this is a lock. You can run to the bank. You can take a mortgage out on your house. You can, you can do whatever you want. Cause this will hit Michigan minus 11 over Iowa. Okay. The total is 42 and a half. You're taking the under. That's love. I, I get that. I don't know if Michigan is good as their number four ranking, but I think Iowa is dog shit. Um, their they defense are. is leading the country. Their defense is leading the country at a ridiculous 5.75 points per game. <laughs> but I, 
I mean, that's that's damn good. That's damn their good. Their defense scores more than their offense does. Well, no, no. I, I was saying that's how much they're letting up per game. I know. Uh, okay. I know. <laughs> okay. Their defense does score. I think they're scoring offense. more than that per game. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Defense. But their their defense allows, you know, under six points a game. That's incredible. But I think Michigan just outmatches them. I think I think Michigan's offense is good enough. Blake Corum is unreal. Um, guy scored five touchdowns two weeks ago. He continues to score every week. Um, I think their quarterback is is good enough. I, I don't think Iowa is like unbeatable defense. Like, yeah, they're good. I think Michigan is the best offense they've played so far by a lot. Um, odds makers are begging you to take Iowa plus 11 because of their defense. They're like, yeah, they're going to keep it close. They're going to keep it close. Michigan defense is only giving up 11 points a game. Do you think Iowa's offense is going to score? Like Michigan's defense is only giving up 11 points a game. I don't know if Iowa scores. So I think Michigan minus 11 is a lock. Uh, we will track these. We'll track the monetary gain. Obviously, mine is just, you know, an even money bet this week. Um, but that's my lock of the week. Yeah, I, I don't hate that pick. I just that's one of those I can't I'm, I would lay off that as a better because I just I don't know what Michigan is. They, yeah. they beat the piss out of three of the worst teams I've ever seen. Yeah, and they're not played Maryland and then played Maryland really tight. And they then though, and but here's the thing is I do know what Iowa is and it's a great right. defense and a just atrocious offense. I think, I think the under, I think your under pick is great. I think your under is great pick. Um, I love Iowa under. Yeah, you have to. Um, But yeah, I just think this is one of those traps where people see Iowa plus 11. Oh, their defense is so good. They'll keep it close. No, I think this is like a, I don't know, 24-3 game, like 28-3 game. Like, yeah, I don't think Michigan puts up 70, but I think they're just a, significantly yeah, better but I'm team. I'm not I think convinced they Iowa puts up double digits. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. So, all right, let's wrap it up there. Penn State uh, hosting Northwestern this week, looking to improve to five and oh, uh, it's been a fun season. You know, we, we, we took a couple weeks off here. We were traveling, but we are back. Uh, we'll be a little bit more consistent going through the rest of the year. I say that every year, um, but that's all we got. Pat, any last words for the listeners? Uh, yeah, so I'm not legally allowed to bet in the state of California. So I'm I'm going to Venmo you like 25 bucks for that part. Oh, that's I fine. Yeah, I got down. you. And, uh, but the big win this weekend is going to be Penn State over Northwestern, not even scoring a touchdown. I like it. I like it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good luck to all of us this weekend in our bets, in our game, in our lives. We love you all. Thank you for listening. We are.